Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes. Man, Bernstein and Holmes, best show in radio. I love it, boys. Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. You know me, I'm going to be on Zach with Bean ass. I'm going to give him all the energy he needs. Destroy people. Me and DeMar DeRozan, we good. I got a, a popping five. Uh, Vujovic, I'm excited, man. That's Patrick Beverly. I have no idea why he's here. I mean that. I, I really don't. I think it's cool. It's a nice little story in a going nowhere season for a team that is caught in between. And frankly, the more you think about it, gets more depressing. But that's just sort of where the Bulls are. Here to talk about the Bulls is Cody Westerland. He's live in studio. He's on Twitter at Cody Westerland, the Score Bulls reporter and editor at 670thescore.com. So why is Patrick Beverly here? Because the Bulls are going for it, Dan. You didn't get the memo? I guess not. The uh, going for what should we say? The number 10 seed, maybe the number nine seed in the play in if uh, the Bulls start dreaming big and they think he'll be helpful. To that goal. So that's why he's here, because they value what's happening in the final six or seven weeks of this regular season. If they get you a nine, that gives them a home game, though, right, Cody? You got it. The nine. They would still have to win two in a row, though. That's But, you, but they would get that home they revenue. Would, they would get one game of home revenue playing playoff money. And because it's not a playoff game, like that game gets broadcast locally, right? Like it would probably get both. It was supposed to get a national and a local? I uh, I know no, I know the playing games are, I believe, on national TV. Okay, so I, I gotta be honest, I haven't watched many Pacers Hornets <laughs> play in matchups the past few years. I do recall watching, let's see, Warriors Grizzlies, I believe that was on national TV. I can't vouch for every single play. Okay, not a problem. I mean, I guess we'll figure it out. When they get to the ninth seed. It is new territory for us in Chicago. Yes, it is. All right, so let's let's talk about Patrick Beverly from a strategic standpoint. What are the things that he brings to the Bulls that the Bulls kind of need? Well, certainly he's a better defender, I think, than a lot of the guys in the Bulls' rotation, right? Like, even if he's just out here taking Goran Dragic's minutes or a few of those. I thought he was uh, going to start. Well, we don't know yet. I think Patrick Beverly will start. I don't know if that's going to be on Friday night when the Bulls come out of the All-Star break, right? Because Billy was very, uh, last night at practice, was emphasizing, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time to learn all the terminology, what we want to do on offense. We know he can go out there and, and hoop and play defense, um, and he's a smart guy. But Billy was basically 
to me, it felt like he was hinting a little bit that they might slow roll him in a little bit. I certainly think sooner rather than later he'll be starting, but they're always funny about this stuff, right? Like they put Javante Green in the starting lineup for one game earlier in the year. He gets hurt, bangs his knee up, and then Patrick Williams is right back in it. So they've been all over the map at times with some of these starting positions. Let's not but, forget when they made that move, Zach had to weigh in and say, yeah, only the coach thinks that's a good move. That's That's very true. There's a lot of tiny subplots that like, we almost should just be tracking and have a chart of all year. But I do think he'll start at some point. But, like, I think the the main thing is Patrick Beverly, like, he's going to have a meaningful role, right? Like, he was playing around 26, 27 minutes a game for the Lakers. I would imagine he'll get close to that with the Bulls or be in the same range there. And what he'll bring, obviously, the Bulls love to talk about the intangibles, right? You're talking about intangibles with Patrick Beverly because he's not a big scorer. <laughs> he's shooting 34, 35% from three-point range this year. And he's not a guy that's going to fill up the stat sheet. So what you have to talk about is the energy and toughness and effort, which they hit all the talking points last night. I do think he'll bring those. But, I mean, Dan, you've been talking about this all year. We've talked about this. Like, it's their lack of shooting and their lack of ability to run a cohesive offense that's been their biggest problem. And I don't see him going a long way toward fixing that. But I think he can be helpful off the bench and then eventually... At some point, I think he'll be helpful in the starting lineup. We'll just see when that is. I thought it was interesting that he was talking about how he's already said to Zach, uh, you, you know, you need to shoot more. You need to not worry about the passing. We'll we'll worry about all the passing stuff. What does he mean by that? Because you definitely don't want Zach on every time that he touches the ball to just shoot it. Yeah, that's a good question. And we don't know all the details on what he means by that so far. But I think where he's coming from is he wants Zach Levine to be himself. And I think Patrick Beverly's like very in tune with the NBA, right? Like he has his own podcast. Um, that's a good lesson. Gets a lot of attention. He's been on multiple stops in his NBA career with the Lakers this past year. But like he understands, I think, NBA discourse, NBA Twitter, what stars are saying. I think he understands the heat that Zach Levine has taken as a basketball player, probably in Chicago. So to me, my read from the outside is that's Pat Bev saying, Hey, you do your thing that you're natural with. That's comfortable to you. That's filling it up. Let's not sit here and talk about all your turnovers in the last two minutes of the game, because that might be putting too much stress on you. I'll I'll come out here. I'll give some quotes. I'll help us settle down in the last couple minutes of a game. Maybe. Zach shouldn't need a hype man. You don't you don't pay a guy two hundred and ten million to 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 need another NBA guy to be his PR person. Correct, but Zach said he's been trying to get Beverly here for a couple years, obviously, and I think it was summer two thousand nineteen, which was even before the time frame that Levine referenced when Patrick Beverly was a free agent, and I think Bulls fans want him to come here. Love that. If I'm thinking all of my Bulls history right, I believe that's the year they got Sadoransky and Thad Young probably mm -hmm. uh, in free agency. So they went a little bit different direction, had some things lined up. But that that name's going to come up next segment, but yes, we're going to get to that. Yes, it <laughs> very, very much is going to come up. But I'll tell you this too. One thing we learned about the All-Star break is it is, and I, I guess I get it, where those of us who watch the Bulls night in and night out and are so frustrated by DeMar and frustrated by the by the anachronism that his game is and, and how it holds them back. The league and the stars of this league love DeMar. Yeah. Like he's he's a comics comic. It's like when you talk to comedian about about Gilbert Gottfried or or, or the late Richard Belzer who yep. just died. 
like where it's like you guys don't like you don't realize like the the internal respect Demar is such a made guy and Zach's always chasing that he's still he's just not he's that, still chasing that status that was reflected in the all-star voting right like the players gave Demar a great deal of respect there he was higher on that ranking list with the players than he was media I don't think in fan voting. I, I don't know that Demar Derozan has ever been comped to Gilbert Gottfried and Richard Belzer before, <laughs> but but you understand what I'm saying. Like like the it's like if you know you know kind of thing among among that community. Certainly leave it to Bernsey uh, there to make those comparisons. But I hear you. Zach is still chasing something that to me he can't quite put his finger on, but it does come back to winning because to me it's respect. Right? He has the money. He is conceivably should be the face of the franchise, though DeMar's still the guy that usually takes shots late in games because he's better at that. But everything Zach wants can be attained by winning, but he needs to be, I think, outfitted with a more um, perfect roster around him than almost any star in the top 10 or top 15 in the NBA would be, and that's why he's not a top 10 or 15 guy in the NBA at this time. So uh, it, it does trace back to that. And the things he can control, right, like we talk about his defense all the time, you know what? I, it's probably too much to keep talking about his defense. The things he can control is not turning the ball over in the final two minutes of the game, right? Like making better decisions on the end where like he is better Knowing at. what shot to take and whatnot. Absolutely. Were but, there no other options for Patrick Beverly? Because I feel like I, I get the concept of, hey, you get to play not too far from where you played actual high school basketball. I get that. I get the draw of wanting to be in Chicago, but I also look and go – there seem to be some places where they might need a point guard where they have legitimate playoff chances. Maybe you win a series because of a guy like Patrick Beverly versus being on a team that needs a lot of help. He has framed it as if the Warriors were an option for him. Uh, I have not seen any reporting um, out of Golden State. He saying, said there were a lot of guards there. Yeah, that, that, that would frame it as strongly as he did on the, the interest because, look, he said it himself. Like, I don't know that they really needed him. And the way the Warriors play basketball, like, there's a reason they went back and got Gary Payton um, the second again. And it's because he has experience playing in their system, which is extremely hard to pick up midseason the way that Steph and, and Clay and Draymond play. It's so intuitive, so much feel, um, so much experience there for those guys. So I don't think he would have been a clean fit in Golden State. I think they knew that. I think he realized that. And then it just made all the sense in the world. Um, for him to come to Chicago once the Bulls expressed interest in him. Okay. What's happening with Javante Green's knee? Um, he is still rehabbing after knee surgery. He should be back on the court doing full basketball activities probably in about two weeks is the Bulls' hope. Um, but he is running right now, doing a lot of things. I don't know, Dan. That's all I got. I mean, it's, I don't you, have you, deep, you, you can draw a line here. Updates. You can draw a line here if you want and say, well, why was why is Lonzo Ball's rehabilitation unexpected, unexpectedly stalled? And Javante Green initially did what did they say two to four weeks. Yeah, hold, they said he was going to start doing more things in two to four weeks, I believe, was the initial. I would have to go back and see exactly what they outlined on Javante. I don't know that they gave an exact timetable for okay. returning like that. That's kind of one of the Bulls, I mean, it's become more of a thing they're doing now, right, is not putting an exact timetable on when people might return. To me, it feels like they say, a lot of teams do this too. The Warriors do this a lot. They're like, 
Steph Curry's going to do this in two weeks after this foot injury or knee injury, whatever it is, or three weeks, and then we'll give you another update. So more teams are starting to do this. It's not just the Bulls that do it. And do we know anything more about the the either, do you know anything about Vooch's offseason plans or desires, and how hard are the Bulls working to know that? Because so much of what they're going to do, it was really pre-deadline that they should have known. Maybe they do know, but... Are they going to work on a short-term, a medium-term extension, or are they resigned to the fact that he's leaving? No, I think they fully expect him to be back. I think they have a good read. Um, I mean, I've asked Vooch this on the record. I mean, I've talked to him on background a little bit, and he didn't give much more than he gave on the record, certainly. And Vooch is just saying, like, I like it here, basically. He said that on the record and privately. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, it is restricted free agency. Like, he's not going to close off the option to go somewhere else because that takes away his leverage in negotiations from the Bulls. So that's my read is that most likely he'll be back. Look, they traded for him and gave up a lot of draft capital. He's having a good season. I don't think it's smart to be paying centers $20, $22 million a year to build around if it's not Embiid or Jokic and they're not a big presence on the defensive end too or an MVP level guy. So I think it's a terrible way to team build in my opinion at this point in the NBA, I'd rather pay my center $10 million a year, be the guy who dunks and blocks and screens and runs around and everything. The new running but back. But look, like Vooch has, Vooch has performed well this year, so he's going to have that working in his favor. They like him, and I just I don't think – look, this front office has made a lot of questionable decisions, I think, that are playing out over the course of this year, but they still have a basic understanding of how this works. They don't not trade him at the deadline – if they think he's leaving, they would have flipped him for something small if they didn't have a read that that they have a really good chance to resign him. I hope you're right. I hope I'm right <laughs> yeah. too. Otherwise, the process. Yeah. Look, there, there. I've been critical of the Bulls' process on some things from this front office just in the couple, past couple of years. We talked about like why give Billy Donovan the extension when they did right. Like, could have given him the same extension this offseason with a year left on the contract. Why is everyone and their mother basically getting a player option on the back end of their contract for this Bulls team? So I've been critical of these processes. If this one goes poorly, that'll be a big red flag to me um, for the Bulls. There still seems to be is is I, I think that the Patrick Beverly move is really interesting. And I think that it has some positives connected to it for he brings a lot of some of the stuff that I think the Bulls need. There's still the issue of DeMar. There's still the issue of he plays inside the offense until it, he kind of feels like I need to do more offensively. So how do they work through that where that's still a fundamental issue for, for the Bulls as an offensive team? And I don't think Patrick Beverly addresses any of that, right? Because he's not breaking anyone down off the dribble. He's not the guy, even if you swing it to him around the perimeter uh, with a step or two lead because someone drew attention. He's not the guy slicing all the way to the hoop and then looking to kick out to the other corner for an open three and like some sort of beautiful game thing, right? Like that's not what his game's been made on. It's been more spot up shooting. Um, certainly it's been focused on defense. And the DeMar thing that you bring up and before the all-star break when the Bulls played against the Bucks, like I just noticed this and I think I mentioned to someone, but even though the Bucks didn't have Giannis for most of that game, Middleton's out like, the way they played, Drew Holiday getting the offense going, Javon Carter, everyone got the ball in their rhythm, right? DeMar DeRozan is a willing passer. There's no doubt about that. 
but he is not a willing passer within like this beautiful game that you'd want to play. Like it does not right. feel he's, like he's, Bulls teammates get the ball in rhythm at all times where they are on the floor. He's not whipping it to the to the to the near corner like over his is that mean like these like the crazy Luca yeah. passes or the the drive and the replace where the, where the the eventual yes. shooter replaces the driver directly and it comes straight back. The Bucks were so in tune in that game and Zach has made comments about wishing the Bulls had an identity even when guys are injured and that was a night when the Bulls certainly had DeRozan out, Caruso out, Derek Jones Jr. out. So that was an example of two teams that were shorthanded. And one of them, it felt like, still had a system under Mike Budenholzer, like how they wanted to play. They got guys who were shooters, the ball in rhythm in their spots. The Bulls did not get guys in rhythm in their spots in that game. Like, we were impressed by Dale and Terry, right? Why were we impressed in part by Dale and Terry in that game? He had a couple drives into traffic and finishes at the rim. That's not a good foundation for any offense at any point. It's really nice he it's, made it's those garbage finishes. time stuff. It's summer league stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. I mean, he was doing it earlier in the game when the Bulls trailed eternally by 12 to 14 points, it felt like, in that <laughs> game, or 10 points. But but still, it's not like Dalen Terry made a cut and got the ball because all the defense the Red Sea had parted and he dunked, right? Like, he was being asked to do things, and it was nice to see, but it's no way to build an offense and a foundation. I think that kind of tied back in to the Bulls' lack of identity on the offensive end, whether it's with Vooch, Zach, and DeMar on the floor or just with one or two of them on the floor. Cody, you're the best, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you're, it. You're always great, and these are going to be an interesting few weeks of Bulls basketball. Yeah, at least uh, we're fired up here. There, there's more There's more storylines with Pat Bev in town. Uh-huh. There's definitely going to be. That is Cody Westerlin from Our Staff. Check out his work on 670thescore.com. He does an excellent job of covering this Bulls team. When we come back, the Bulls are looking for a leader. Interesting who said they are. Yeah, and disappointing at the same time. That's next on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. You know what he brings, the type of mentality he brings, so and we've been missing that. Um, you know, I think we've been missing that since since, since, uh, since Dad was here. You know, a vocal leader and somebody that you know is very you know out and open with how he you know how he thinks about things and how he approaches the game. So it's a uh, you know it's, it's a great time to have a guy down the Yeah. Record scratch. Wait, what? What? Zach Levine says they haven't had a vocal leader since Thad Young? That is quite the indictment. What? Since 2021, since the 2020-2021 season, they haven't had a vocal leader? I'm really struggling with this, Dan. Zach. Here's why I'm struggling with it. Oh, man. I understand that not everyone is comfortable in the role of leadership. Like, not everyone fits into that. It's a difficult thing to raise your voice amongst your peers and be respected and and be the person that sometimes has to say the tough things out loud. Come on. But here's my issue. And it, it, it raises a bigger question for me. How much does something like that, how much of it should go into whether or not you're going to give a max contract to someone? I'm not saying that because Zach is the max player, Max Levine, I'm not saying that he has to be the vocal leader. That sounds like an orthodontist. It's fine. Max Levine. All I'm saying is that if you know that the guy is incapable of being that, doesn't your team have to have one of those? And if if you're building around Zach, are you chasing that? Are you chasing the things that he isn't? But not only was he not that, 
He was the guy the entire team had to tell to stop being selfish and stupid. Right. Like, at halftime of a game, they had to like, beat him up with bars of soap in, in pillowcases. It would, it would seem that there were at least a couple of vocal leaders in that moment. And then a chorus of people being like, hey, man, yeah, Goran Dragic is right. About Lincoln Johnson being right. <laughs> I just I just feel like it. every time I don't want Zach to stop talking. I think it's important. I think we need to hear from the guys that play the game. But, but I swear, every time he does talk, I go, oh, no. You don't understand what's happening. You don't understand what this looks like it gets back to decision making it gets back to that kind of decision making where it's like in in the moment these pressure moments what what are you prepared to do you need three you got to take a three not a two i mean something isn't working obviously you know some games were really good some days were bad and that's once again the consistency factor of you know figuring out what our identity is and what we're going to each and every game even if guys are in and out of the lineup, you see some teams that have consistency with what they do. They have an identity. I think that's something that we, you know, we're still trying to figure out in these last couple of years. Obviously, we changed our offense a little bit last year, or this this year from last year. But it's no excuse with the type of talent that we have on the team. Your Bulls theme song. But they're going for it, and they're going to make the playoffs. So, so and Mike, then what? Mike, and how Mike. does Patrick Beverly get you closer to winning an NBA championship? Well, we don't know. But here he is. He's from Chicago. No, he's from Chicago. You know he's from Chicago? And by the way, he's from Chicago. <laughs> they love point guards from Chicago. Awesome. Awesome. Um, awesome. Mike, are, are you saying that that's where fans are right now? Or is that where Zach is right now, and he's trying to get himself out of the hell? Or is that where Aaron Rodgers was for the last four days? The hell hole. Yes. Now he's out. It's apparently it's been compared to a hobbit hole. So you just like living in a tree? No, he was living in the hole under the tree in the Shire. I don't know. With John Shire? No, in the isn't that where the hobbits are from? Yes. God, I hated that book. Why? Oh, I just because I read it because I was supposed to, and I thought you know everybody who played Dungeons and Dragons was sort of supposed to like The Hobbit, and I'm like, uh, this is good. Did you read The Hobbit? Yeah. Is it awesome? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you gonna read Fellowship of the Ring? Yeah. And I never got through it, and I kept trying to read it. And I know I was supposed to like it. I've never seen any of the movies, and and uh, my parents got me a uh, four pack of all the time. I had I had books. the box set. Yeah, I had. A I gold. had the exact same one. Yeah, and and I also had the Chronicles of Narnia until I realized what was going on there. And so, I, so I, I read it. Wait, what's going on with the Chronicles of Narnia? I never read it. Oh, it's it's the New Testament. Oh, oh, yeah. That's that doesn't help you. Well, I was kind of like, you know, this is only. Oh, okay. I don't need to read any more of these. I guess I'm good. I made my way through the Hobbit, and I I actually really loved the Hobbit. I, I kind of had to work I through the rest too. of the books. And then when the movies came out, people were like, oh, Lawrence, you're a geek. Why aren't you going to? like, no, I'm not. And so I figured out like my 
where my demarcation line in geekdom is. I'm definitely like sci-fi and I'm kind of not fantasy. Right. Although I loved Game of Thrones. But you talk to me about Dungeons and Dragons like you're speaking another language to me. Like that's not something that I was into. Comic books, superheroes, sci-fi stuff, yes. But some of the stuff is so convoluted. I will never Ugh. forget the late great Spy magazine. One of the, the best publications of all time. A, a formative publication. It was like the smartest people from National Lampoon went on to do some stuff at Spy Magazine. And then they did, I forgot what year it was. It was like, it was like basically the tournament of bad. And they did the 100 worst things. And, and obviously they were, they were complete iconoclasts. They were going after some of the most popular things. I want to say like number three on their list was Led Zeppelin. And what the, one one of their bullet points on why Led Zeppelin was awful was because of the song "Ramble On," and they said it was it's their fault that the invocation of Gollum and the evil one, like the 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 commingling of the Hobbit, that was the first, that was sort of the seminal moment when like heavy metal and Middle Earth and all of that stuff started to commingle. It's like they they pinned it on them. And then whether it was later whoever it was, Jethro Tull or the other stuff, the combination of metal music and fantasy, they're like, there, had that not happened, we could have been saved a lot of annoyance. Yeah, it's it's so weird because, you, look, there is a contingent, a, a, a lovable contingent. Shout out to Bulldog. Shout out to my guy Ellis over at NBC Sports Chicago. I know I'm going to see them today. We're all geeks. Like, we will sit there, like, in between us talking about sports, we'll talk Marvel Universe, like, we'll we'll delve into Walking Dead, like, all sorts of stuff. And, like, their level of geek is, like, much higher than mine in some levels. And so now they're trying to get me into the, what's the, the hot show right now on HBO Max, the non The Last of Us? Yes. So they've been trying to That's get me into- the, the mushroom people. Right. And- and I know that there's a there's the gamer aspect to it. Like it was a game. Some of the the villains are kind of cool, right? I will say that I, I I did. I guess there's a whole wiki about it. But the idea of the walkers and the runners and the clickers and the and the total fungus face or the the face is eaten and there's just the mouth left. Well, let let me take that's that's kind of cool. Let me take what Tim Anderson said and and use it to explain where I'm at right now when it comes to my viewing it takes a really special performance to get me into a negative space and so one of my things with the walking dead i love the walking dead and then by about season six i was like oh there's no hope i'm out there needs to be for me to engage in some of this stuff and the apocalyptic stuff, mm-hmm. you, you've got to have at least a carrot. It doesn't a MacGuffin. It of doesn't. Hope. It doesn't have to work out for the the hero, but I need a little bit of it. I get it. And so I'm not willing to jump in to the Last of Us, even though I know that part of the premise is the like. Here's the glimmer of hope stuff. It's hard for me to traffic in the negative when it comes to. Positive, like we're we all want positive. That's what TA said, and so I I'd rather watch a rerun of Abbott Elementary. 
You know what I'm saying? What was the what was the the Rodriguez half of Grindhouse? Not Death Proof, but the zombie one with oh, Rose McGowan yes. and and Josh Brolin. Yes. And oh, I forgot the name whatever, of it. It's, it, so it's good. good. It's good. And, but the at least the end has them after her uh, spoiler alerts, her leg is becomes a Gatling gun and she's the leader of the resistance and they flee and they end up in some uh, some utopian community away from the zombies. It's like, oh. Planet Terror? Planet Terror. Yeah, it's good. But the entire Grindhouse movie experience in the theater is one of the greatest movie experiences I've ever had. Absolutely amazing. Empty theater by myself started at 10 in the morning. Perfect. But like that, or what is it, 28 Days Later? Is that the one with the rage virus that the monkeys have? And there's like this weird English compound where people are safe. Yeah, kind of or or I Am Legend. You know, like like there's he's working on this cure, like he's working on it and working on it and working on it, and I guess there's talk that there there could be a sequel to that, which I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But even with I I knew what was going on at the end of Infinity War. Now I'll say that it was there was something interesting for me. In seeing people who didn't understand what was going on, them being like walking out of the theater like, there's no hope. What do you mean Thanos just won? Yeah, the people were, were completely There were people off. who were messed up yeah, by that. Like, this can't be. And I, like that, I was willing to, I'll sit and wait. Until end game, until they figure this all out. Yeah, that was like Empire Strikes Back, right? How, wait, but they lost, and and so what you got was at the end of it, you got the glimmer, and it was the the Captain Marvel beeper, right, right in the button. You know, like you got that after in the in the post credits, right? Right. Yeah. But people walked out of that thing shell shocked. Like, people were just like, wait, that's the end of the movie? Did you ever read the Stephen King novella, The Mist? No. It's the first chunk of the collection Skeleton Crew. Of that's it, the it's the it's the novella that starts off and leads to these other short stories. And it's it's sort of a, an apocalyptic. This mist comes in. It's full of monsters. They're trapped in the grocery store. And I think at the very end, as they finally get the car started and they're finally, he and his son are trying to escape – he, I think the last line of the novella is something to the effect of there there are two words that are continue in my mind that start with the same letter. One of them is Hartford. The other is hope. And like hope is literally the last word of it that leaves you with that. And there was no sequel, no nothing. It was freestanding. But that's what drives your interest. Because in if, if you know everybody's just getting eaten by monsters, who cares? Like I'm going to stop caring. I mean, I know you're all just monster food anyway, so I'm not going to bother. Oh, man, the movie had a much different ending. There's a movie, The Mist? Yeah. Oh, no, the movie, they, they, they have to, they, it's a, it's a, the movie ends, I believe with them having to, what's the term of like starting a stick shift car without having the key. They, it's a clutch pop that actually gets the engine turning and they have to run outside the car and push it and jump in just as they get the car started. And then they're, they've just enough gas to head off and they see like all these massive monsters in the distance and they just hope they can make it. Check out the movie. It's a lot different than the ending of the book. All right. The texter is like, no, Lawrence, you've got to check it out. Here's my thing. If if the world were in a different place, I might have more bandwidth for something something apocalyptic. Right. Yeah, it's no fun. 
it's not a lot of fun right now because, you know, trains are on fire in Ohio. Yeah, those of us already dealing with diagnosed anxiety issues yes! that are affecting our health don't, don't necessarily need the post-apocalyptic stuff at the moment. When we come back, we've got high noon. Choose your fighter. Dog versus shark. Is it dog the bounty hunter? Do- a dog oh. versus a shark. Choose your fighter. Okay. In celebration of you being back and Ant-Man coming out this week, I have some Paul Rudd for you. Good. Next. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street, in front of the Palace Saloon. Yeah, right. When? High noon? So far on High Noon, we discussed uh, the ongoing conversation about Tim Anderson and in the case of my partner Lawrence Holmes with Tim Anderson on Twitter and what it says about the White Sox that this avatar of cool and culture change now more than two years later is another White Sox player muttering about coverage that isn't ideal. There was Bulls talk as well. And I'm trying to figure out why they have Patrick Beverly and what he does to get them closer to winning a title. Cody Westerland tried to help us through that, and we just sort of found it ironic that it's Zach Levine, of all people, saying, hey, one thing Patrick Beverly does, he gives us the vocal leadership we haven't had on this team since Thad Young was here. Okay. Cool. It's Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania is... Um not tracking well on Rotten Tomatoes. I have not seen it yet. My plan is to go see it at some point this weekend. Um, but obviously everyone loves Paul Rudd. And when I came across this this old school clip of he and Zach Galifianakis in between two ferns, there are a lot of things that said, <laughs> I am saving this for when my partner returns. Some people have it all. Looks, talent. How does it feel to only have looks? Great. If you didn't look the way you do, instead of acting, what do you think you would be doing? Shoveling I read that you might quit acting and just disappear. Where did you read that? Right here, I wrote wrote it down. Which do you prefer, being in Marvel movies or being in stuff that nobody has ever heard of? Uh, Being in Marvel movies. I mean, do you go to your acting coach and go, I've got to play a Aunt, what am I supposed to do? I you mean, lost can... me at acting, coach. Yeah, that seems about right. What advice would you give to a young actor who wants to hide his Jewishness as well as you have? But I've never really tried to hide my Jewishness. I've really never tried to hide my Jewishness. <laughs> yeah. Jesus was Jewish, and he didn't hide it. No, he, he put it out there for everybody to see. He's one of our best. You, are you practicing? No, I'm not a practicing Jew. Affected it. Now, the truth <laughs> is, this is after they got that part right. Because the outtake of the, f- when, when the first time Zach Galifianakis asks Rudd that question, he completely loses it. Yeah. Because the outtakes from Between Two Ferns, when you, when they actually get them, and the ones, it's Brie Larson and John Hamm and Tom Hanks. And the first time he, the first time Paul Rudd heard that question and didn't have an answer prepared, like he, need, it was, his response is hilarious. Like that got him. They seem to be having a lot of fun. And I, I like Paul Rudd quite a bit. 
I'm looking forward to Ant-Man and Wasp and Quantumania because of him, but mostly because of Jonathan Majors. I've heard the movie sucks. This is... This is our I've concern. I heard it's dude. a lot of bad CGI, and that you kind of feel like you're down in the quantum realm for a while, and you're like, okay. but Jonathan Majors, I know, is worth it. He's to Kang, me. right? He's Kang the Conqueror. Well, the thing about Paul Rudd, my friends and I have always said this. He's how old is he? Fifty. Paul Rudd, I think, is your age. That's we've all. No matter at what, we've always said like he looks like somebody who went to camp with us. Who we forgot about? Who was like in this like shadow world? Like is he's fifty three? He's fifty three. Like he's he should have been in in like cabin I five in nineteen eighty one. Like there's just somehow it, it it missed something. Like if he just walked into a room with my with my group friends or like got on our White Sox group chat or something, it would be totally normal. It's like oh he's here. It would just be completely understood. There's just, there was just something very. Very family and and I, recognizable, I, I, identi- familial, identifiable, recognize like like wheelhouse stereotype fifty three year old Jewish guy. Yeah, he's I I think he's adorable. Everybody does. So I saw this video and I thought it was fake. I'm like, there's no way this is a really good fake. Okay, turns out not a fake. This happened. This is the AP copy, but I'm going to urge you to check out the video. We'll put it on Twitter. The sight of a massive hammerhead shark was a rare treat for 32 travelers on a tour boat in the Bahamas this week. And I've been in the Bahamas where a massive hammerhead shark has come swimming through when I was out bone fishing in the flats off of Abaco in a a flat bottom skiff. And And it's, I don't know, maybe a foot and a half of water. And you just see this sh- unmistakable shadow patrolling through. And my guide started trying to, and he, he actually hooked it, and, and it, it got loose. He just had a treble hook with a chunk of green garden hose on it as a lure. But I've seen this this before, but here it comes. So people are watching it, and this, this shark was probably a minimum of 12 feet long. This is a big, true, great hammerhead shark. A dog walked out on a dock and saw it and jumped on it jumped into the water onto the shark and you hear people screaming because of course they care about the dog more than they care about the shark oh my god the dog i mean the shark is i don't know why you wouldn't care about the shark because you're not taking the shark home dan oh the the, the shark doesn't live it, with the family and hasn't been a beloved member of the family, Dan. You hear people screaming, oh my God, get out, baby, stop going after it. The dog ignored them and paddled after the shark, which thrashed as the two animals circled each other. Then the shark swam away slowly. The shark had emerged from under the boat in the southern Bahamas. And apparently that black and tan dog always runs along the shore to greet the boat. When it passes that island. So they know that if they, they, it's the dog is a friend of, of the boat that comes by. It's like, oh, that's, a, that's the dog. And it just so happened the shark came through and the dog jumps on the shark. They don't know why. They said, I guess this time the dog decided he wanted to protect his house or play with a really big fish in the water. So he went after it. <laughs> so when the shark swam away from the pier, the dog scrambled back out of the rocks and loped away, earning applause from the tourists. 
And my favorite, the last line of the AP copy, the boat then headed to a popular area where tourists jump into the water with the renowned Bahamian swimming pigs. What? That's a thing? I, I guess. That was the last line of the copy. But when you watch the video, putting the voice in the shark's head, not the laughing shark that got Chris Ranji, but to me, the shark sounds like Peter Falk in The In-Laws. Where <laughs> it's like, okay, all right, okay, all right, okay, 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 all right. Because it just, it just didn't want to be bothered because all a hammerhead shark wants is to kind of skim the bottom and find a flounder or a stingray or something hiding under there. And that's what it uses the hammer for. It swishes side to side and knocks the sand away and scoops around and looks for food. And all of a sudden it's got a dog on its back. Like, what the, what the hell? And it wasn't going to turn around and try to eat the dog, but it, it was it was dramatic. This texture says, that dog really jumped the shark. Boy. That's that's perfect. That is perfect. And that is High Noon. We do it every day around this time. Sometimes earlier. We are going to talk White Sox with Ryan McGuffey of MEC Sports Chicago. He's not one of the lead geeks over there. He's more baseball geeky. Or maybe he is, and I just don't know. Eh, we can ask him. We'll talk to him about all sorts of stuff next here on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.